Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. I am so honored to have my beautiful and lovely friend, Jessica Emily Gallo, on my podcast today. I feel like her name is kind of similar to Haley's, just because like it's three names, and I feel like yours flows so perfectly just like that. Like You're not Jessica, you're not Jessica Emily, you're Jessica Emily Gallo. And don't forget it. No, it's Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, we know all those people. But anyways, I'm super excited to have Jess on the podcast today. This is actually my first time recording with a guest in person. Never done this before, so I'm excited to see how we flow. But Jessica, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, everybody. My name is, as Lauren said, Jessica (laughs) Emily Gallo. I'm a kind of professional organizer and coach. So starting a business to help people get their life, their mind, and their space organized and up to tip-top shape. Yes. Um, Yeah, that's me. Yes, we love it. So I'm super happy to have Jess on the podcast today, and I know a lot of you guys who listen to this podcast also listen to Haley's, and since Jess was just on Haley's podcast, I definitely want to lean more towards the energetic clean and like what this does for you and your mental state versus they talked a lot about the process of it and how Haley felt after, but there's a lot of really fun topics that I want to dive into with Jess. And one specific that I'm going to start with is kind of a selfish one because I've been thinking about this for so long. I can get very OCD about certain things mm-hmm. and I have recently come to the realization that I feel like I use sort of this hyper organizing or Mm. cleaning as this coping mechanism to stay in control of the things I'm not in control of. So I'd love to get your input on that. It's interesting you say that because that's kind of how I came to be the way I am. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in high school, something happened that was quote unquote out of my control. And the way I dealt with that whole situation was I channeled all that uh, desire for control into my space. So my room at my parents' home became the safe space that was like always organized. Mm-hmm. I always knew where everything was. Like nothing could happen that I didn't know about, etc. Um, but I think for me, the what what I've done and the way my mindset around organization has changed is it's not nothing's ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And if you are approaching organization with that mindset, you're always going to feel like. The purpose of organization is to clear your mind, not to create more chaos. Mm -hmm. And if you're approaching organization like, oh, I need everything to be perfect, you're just going to create like anxiety for Mm -hmm. yourself. And instead, you should think of organization as a tool, not like a chain that Mm -hmm. you're bound to. Um, And systems that, at the end of the day, serve you, not overwhelm you further. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Because when I was thinking about this and trying to identify why I was turning to organization or cleanliness as this way to control things that were out of my control Mm -hmm. you know obviously as a coach and as someone who you know strives off living intentionally and this is what I preach I needed to understand where one was compensating for the other Mm -hmm. so I would love to get your input on maybe ways that cleaning or feeling OCD or using cleaning or organization as this 
controlling factor in your life, how do you think in a mindset standpoint, you can sort of subsidize that control so it's more even, like finding ways that you are cleaning and organizing in your space translates to this energetic clean. I think a lot of when it comes to organization, there's like comparison syndrome. So people are always thinking like, oh, well, this account has everything color coded and in mm-hmm. these perfect containers and you kind of just need to meet yourself where you're at. So for me, I don't, I don't have every single crevice. And this is funny because I was thinking about it. I was like, what if anyone like came into my apartment and like opened all the cabinets? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have every inch and like crevice of my apartment perfectly organized. I have it organized in a way that makes sense for me and with what I have. And that's something that I try to do with my clients too, is like, I'm not going to make you buy like the perfect containers for everything. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to make you buy matching hangers. Like I'm trying to just help you get to a place where there's a system that you can then repeat over and over. Mm -hmm. And that becomes intuitive to you. Like not everyone's going to have the same organizational needs. And I think as soon as you stop comparing yourself to these like Instagram worthy kitchens and like perfect bathroom cabinets and start to just say, okay, like what does my space need to look like and how can it be organized to benefit me and stop comparing yourself to other people that like eases your anxiety and need for everything to be so perfect Mm -hmm. and over the top. Because at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, organizing your space is supposed to be to your benefit, not to your detriment. And I think if you keep approaching it where it's like, so over over engineering it mm-hmm. you're never going to be happy yeah and you're always going to feel like well it doesn't look like this account or like mm-hmm. the home edit like mm-hmm. i love the home edit I, th- I think what they do is amazing yeah it's not realistic for everyone's house yeah that's like, like to the edit. furthest extent right yeah and it look at some point when you look at those accounts you know for me home has always been and i think this definitely relates to the to what you were probably going through in high school is that Home for me isn't just like where my stuff is or where my parents are. It's, it's, it's home. Like it's where I belong. It's where I feel most comfortable, most content, where I feel like everything around me speaks to the person that I am. Mm -hmm. And so in that respect, home is a very important environment to me, you know, especially since I work from home and I want to get into that later. But what you said a couple minutes ago was a perfect segue to another question that I had being that I've always wondered what people think of when you walk into someone's home and it's like perfectly clean. The perfect example of this is, have you seen Friends? Yes. Okay. So, you know, the closet episode where Chandler finally opens the closet that's like at the back of the apartment and it's just a catastrophe (laughs) of a mess and it's just like, it looks like a mountain of mess. Mm -hmm. So... I'm wondering, what do you think it says to our energy if the perception mm. is clean, but when you look behind the doors or in the cabinets or in the in the drawers or behind the skeletons in the closet, yeah. like, and it's chaos, what do you think that says to, like, our energetic subconscious? I think it says that you're, like, only going at a surface level. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of energy and healing that needs to be done, but you're just keep, like, the physical space, you're, like, stuffing it behind a closet mm-hmm. door. So a good analogy is that you can have the space around you looking just so, but if kind of behind closed doors, there's still a lot of chaos and disruption Mm -hmm. going on. It doesn't matter what the surface level looks like. You're not going to be healed and you're still going to feel the energy of what's waiting behind, like I said, behind closed doors. Yeah. So it's really only surface level energy clearing, energy Mm -hmm. healing, 
Um, and that's why for me, like part of the process is not just organizing what you have, but I actually have my clients go through every single item in mm-hmm. their closet and do what I call the purge, which mm-hmm. is like my favorite because people find things. We, we find things that they haven't seen for years. Yeah. Like things like, I remember Haley, she had stuff from high school mm-hmm. that she hadn't looked at, but she's holding on to this energy that is a no longer serving her and B just taking a precious newer yeah. closet space. Yeah. Um, so I think when people are only kind of scratching the surface, um, that's going to show up and manifest in how their energy and how they feel Mm -hmm. overall. Yeah. I think the spaces we use in our home for like storage, you Mm -hmm. know, so just yesterday I just moved into my apartment two months ago and for two years, almost all of my stuff that I wasn't using on a day to day basis was packed, you know, ready for me to move. And then that just kept getting off put and off put. And when I moved right before I did go through all of my boxes one more time, cause you know, my thinking is I'm moving to this tiny little apartment in New York slash New Jersey. So I don't need to be bringing all this stuff that I'm just going to throw away there. Why not throw it away here? Right. But even still yesterday when I went through the underneath of my bed and all the storage bins under there, I found stuff that I was just like, why do I have this? Yeah. You know, this isn't a part of who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, you know, the, the spaces that we use for storage or the things that we don't open on a daily basis, the things that we keep hidden in there, when they speak to a version of ourselves that no longer really exists, mm-hmm. you know, so like you're saying, the high school version or college version mm-hmm. or a version of ourselves that went through a trauma, you know, whatever that means for someone, when we're holding on to that, despite that it might be difficult to purge, mm-hmm. you know, physically purge, I think obviously we can understand the energetic purge of those things can clear. Mm -hmm. And like we say so much, clear space to receive. For for new. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. And that was a point I was going to make earlier. You said when I first moved, like I felt like I needed to bring these things with me. And and now that I'm in my apartment Mm -hmm. and I'm looking things over again, they no longer serve you. Like we're constantly up leveling and upcycling. And so maybe last week, these items or last month made sense to keep, but then this, this version of me this month, it no longer resonates. So I think that part of this work is like constantly checking in with yourself too Mm -hmm. and how, like what version of yourself are you at right now? And does the space around you reflect that? Um, And so like the purpose of editing and kind of being cognizant of what you're surrounding yourself with is keeping in mind that you're up leveling, you're changing, and you don't want to hold on to things that no longer resonate with you or that match the energy that you're at. I think that the energy matching is really an interesting aspect to look at because when I was doing these things, some of the things that I got rid of were just from, you know, two years ago. And I was thinking it was really funny. I was looking at some of this stuff and it had never really existed in my energy in Florida because mm-hmm. it was living in a box, mm-hmm. but it, it existed in my previous energy of New York being when I was living in college and then I had this very traumatic falling out and I left and I left New York in such bad energy mm-hmm. and I felt like I could physically pick up these objects and they felt heavier because yeah. of the energy. Yeah. And the other thing too is like then you're commingling this item that has kind of negative connotations, uh-huh. negative energy with items that are new, exciting energy that you want to keep clean. Um, So I think the best thing to do is to really be, again, be intentional and do that constant edit where you're like, is this item bringing me joy or is it bringing me down? Mm -hmm. Or is it reminding me of something like times that I would rather not remember that I want to close the door on, close that chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, I think it's interesting because it's almost like when you moved, like, you were a different version of Lauren before mm-hmm. you got to New York. And then now that you're here, you're up-leveling that much more. And so it makes total sense to me that items you had previously aren't resonating with you anymore. Yeah, definitely. I think that going through that stuff, it took me the majority of the day yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I did my closet and I got I put away all of my cold weather clothes, mm-hmm. which I put under my bed, which forced me to go through the underneath yeah. of my bed, which was great. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to do my dresser and I got rid of all of this stuff. And I... This is so funny. I have had this dresser for years. For its entire lifespan, it's always been not stuffed to the brim, not overflowing. You know, I'm so much like you. I keep things organized and folded and neat. But it's always been really full. Mm -hmm. And I found myself with empty space. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I am someone who loves to not only have things where where I think they belong, but I... I don't necessarily enjoy empty space. Mm. So I was finding myself thinking, how do I fill this? Yes. Yes. Like that itself was stressing me out. But that's the thing people think that. And that's what I try to always say. I'm like, okay, just because we cleared space in your closet doesn't mean we need to Mm -hmm. fill it. Like, of course, if you want to add to it and what feels good to you, do so. But it's really interesting. People, I think humans are just wired to believe that when you have an empty space you need to fill it with stuff Mm -hmm. but if you think about it that's like money you're spending space you're taking up and you should be more intentional about what you're surrounding yourself with in Mm -hmm. general so for another thing for me and I don't know if you feel this way but if I have a a drawer that's just stuffed with things this I mean this is not the case for me but if I did I feel like I would stress about opening Mm -hmm. that drawer and I wouldn't know what was in it and I would just close it and I'd be like I don't know what's in there I can't deal with this right now yes versus having a drawer that's organized has some room to grow and you can see you're like okay I know everything that's in this Mm -hmm. drawer right now versus like this is a cluttered drawer that has Maybe some bathing suits, maybe some bras, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you just shut the door on it because you don't want to deal with it. Versus if you leave yourself space, you actually know where everything is and can see it all. That's exactly how I felt about my closet. So, I, you know, I, I did just move in, and I knew exactly what was in there, but I knew that I was in again, I'll say right before I left, I went through my closet and I got rid of a ton of stuff, but still I was like, okay, but what about this and this? And let me just keep it. And then of course, you know, just as you and Haley talked about closet space in the city is prime real estate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not going to fill it with crap you don't need or crap you don't wear. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been finding myself like really wanting to sit down and organize my closet. Cause you know, I did my whole apartment all at once. So there were things I was just like, just put it away. I'll deal with it yeah. later. Yep. And later has finally arrived. And I was just, I was just like you said, I was getting anxiety about going into my closet and right. trying to get dressed because it's not that I didn't know what was in there, but the space just didn't feel like it had been cleansed with this new energy of me moving in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just kind of flung all my crap in and there. You feel curated. Yes, like, exactly. You want it. Exactly. And, and your needs are. I, I did what I was talking about earlier. Like, I did the surface level. Like, okay, it looks kind like it of looks nice. Like yeah. Yes, but I, I it wasn't to me. Right. And the, it finally, like, the chaotic energy of it was really catching up with me. Right. And just as you said earlier, and always the message of this podcast, being intentional about, I think, what you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. be, be it your closet, your space, you know, the decor in your apartment, whatever you have. Yeah. I think is so incredibly important and I think that that goes back to the very first notion of what I talked about being that home is such an important environment for me especially for me I think about it in the way of 
I'm so close with my parents and my parents are no longer home for me. You know what I mean? Like I've left their space as home yeah. permanently now yeah. and I've created my own space and I need it to feel like home. Mm-hmm. And I found, so this is going to be a fun little tidbit for you. I, when I was a kid, I used to be one of those girls, one of those kids that had crap everywhere. Really? Yes. I, what surprises me? So, okay. I went through a period in my life where, a period in my life, a period in my childhood where I was, I had loads of crap. I just can't even, <laughs> like I would keep the stupidest shit and then it, none of it was organized. My yeah. room was always a mess. And then I would say maybe around eighth grade high school ish mm-hmm. is when I started to get really organized, but I still mm-hmm. had so much clutter. Yeah. Then college came and I had this shitty little apartment. You know, my friend and I, I found that because I was telling myself the apartment was shitty. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. necessarily care so much how yeah. it looked because I was just like, well, even if I put nice things in it, the apartment itself is still shitty. Yeah. So the energy was still like really divided and really pulled. Mm-hmm. Then I go home, you know, I have my own space in my mom's house, but it's still my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I'm finally here. I'm finally on my own. And not only do I have all this beautiful stuff, but I have a beautiful apartment to put it in. And I found that I feel like I'm finally in a place where all my stuff is in one spot and I really don't want the clutter. You know, I, yeah. I don't like it. It feels very chaotic to me. The energy energy of it feels very heavy and like yeah. overwhelming, you know? Yeah. So I, f- I think that finding this even balance of having this like open space, but still having intentional things around you right. is so, so important. Right. And I think for you, it's very important to have your space curated a certain way because at the end of the day, like you need to show up for all your clients. And if you're spending energy and time like stressing about the way your closet isn't organized Mm -hmm. or what's under your bed, that's just taking time away from your business. Yeah. And so that's really what I I figured out that my skill set, my gift is organization and helping people eliminate clutter, whether it be physical, mental, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's important is like, I want to make sure my clients have time and energy to put invest back in to what's important to them. So mm-hmm. like for you, that would be your business and your, yeah. your clients. So um, anytime you're saving, not stressing about the state of your closet or the state of your drawers and, and helping you create systems to kind of maintain that is my goal. So at the end of the day, because I want everyone to have more time and energy to focus on what they love doing. Mm-hmm. And this is just what I happen to love doing. Yeah. And I think that your skill set is so, so important too, because even I found myself wondering, you know, how how could you help me because mm-hmm. i'm already so hyper organized mm-hmm. but then i thought about the closet and i told you even if it's not just the organizing aspect i think having someone there to hold yes. you accountable to thinking do i actually need this like how can i really organize this space what am i really utilizing here right. you know having that second set of eyes or that second opinion or that accountability i think can be really important because then again we're finding ourselves looking at things and kind of validating why we need them or mm-hmm. You know, saying, okay, well, I'll just put it in that junk drawer in the back or I'll pull it, put it with my skeletons yeah. in the closet yeah. rather than just actually purging. Yeah, you're going to put off the hard things. Right? Yeah. You're just going to say, oh, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I'll deal with that next week. I'll deal with it another time. And I'm here to be like, no, no, we're going to deal with it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be, it might be hard because, again, it is, it can be hard. There's so many things that are, like, sentimental for people, mm-hmm. things that they haven't unearthed for a long time. And it brings mm-hmm. up a lot of feelings and energy, good mm-hmm. and bad. But I'm there to support you, and at the end of the day, like I'm not gonna push you to make a decision that doesn't resonate. But I'm gonna make sh- I'm gonna hold you accountable to to do what's best for you, even if it feels really hard at the time. 
Yeah, yeah, less, well, I can't speak. <laughs> last night when I was doing my, underneath my bed, I knew that there were certain things that I was going to find under there. Mm-hmm. And I found myself asking myself, you know, the tougher questions that I knew you would ask me. So I came across a bin with a lot of my brother's stuff in it, yeah. you know, his shirts and stuff that still actually smelled like him. Really? Yeah. And it was really comforting, mm-hmm. but a little emotionally overwhelming, you know, yeah. because not only had it been so long since I've seen that stuff, but for it to still smell like him, yeah. you know, it was, and, and I mean that like not in a gross way, yeah. like it was just a t-shirt, but you know, I, I kept sitting there asking myself, okay, do I really need to keep this? And the energy around, I, I asked myself, what is the energy? Like, do does this make me feel sad? And it made me feel not sad, but more of just like a longing, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wish he was standing here in front of me. So I did, of course, keep the t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. I did get rid of, I did. And I did get rid of a couple other things that, you know, after he passed away, we did, um, like a fundraiser and we, um, my mom started a scholarship in Josh's honor and I had some of those t-shirts and I looked at it and I was like, I know I'm never going to wear these again. You know, I think it's okay to part ways with this, but certain things I knew I needed to keep. And I let myself, you know, kind of find that even balance of what, what do I really need to energetically keep? Right. And it's going to always be a balancing act. And that's the thing, like, I'm never going to push you or my clients to get rid of something that they they love so much and reminds them of something Mm -hmm. important to them um but it is it is a constant check-in and i think that's just a good habit and part of intentional living too is making it a daily act to to check in with yourself and say like okay whether it's whether it's about organization or your habits it's like is this intentional is this going to help me get me to where i need to be or not and mm-hmm. for you 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 did exactly that which i'm very proud of you thank you <laughs> um you had that check-in with yourself and sometimes that check-in is is difficult when you don't have someone mm-hmm. holding you accountable yeah um and so that's what i really aim to do is to kind of create the habit of checking in but before you can do that just getting you to a good space mm-hmm. so building your your foundation and then from there kind of making sure you have you have what you need the tools you need um to make that check-in process and you know checking in on the energies of mm-hmm. an idea a habit force of habit yeah i think the check-in process is so so important and building that foundation which is so much of what i've spoken about all the time you know i think that once you have that foundation be it with you or on your own I'm thinking, you know, I might find myself in 10 years going through this again, however long it takes, and then being ready to part ways with something like that, you know? So it's not necessarily forever, but sometimes the energy of it or the sentimentality of something is still something you need, I think. And that's okay. As long as it's not clutter or filling up like a ton of space. Yeah. But then, you know, as you're saying, checking in, because the energies might change, like you're always saying. You know, it could be a week from now that I find myself looking at it and being like, maybe I don't need this, you know? And it's, and that's the thing, like, you just need to learn to be cognizant of, like, what your needs are, where your energy Mm -hmm. is at, and how the item makes you feel. Um, and it's funny, I, I always would say, like, I don't understand why people get sentimental about things in their house. Like, Mm -hmm. I I get rid of everything, because I really Mm -hmm. did, I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And then I recently went through a dresser I had in my bedroom, because I was getting a new piece of furniture there. Mm -hmm. It had all my makeup from, like, high school. Shut up. Like, 
collect like palettes, makeup. What? Palettes, like, you didn't know it was there? I did, but I didn't open those drawers. For oh my god! And I just carried it with me from my parents' house. Like I took the the dresser and just brought it with me to the city, and I just never really went in it again. Oh and my god, that's so funny. It was so interesting because I was like, oh my god, my sentimental items are is my makeup collection because back in high school. I had started a YouTube channel. Oh! Which makes so much sense. <laughs> I love it. And, I, and that's when I got really into makeup. And it was so funny. Like, I was like, wow, even I need to learn the lessons that I'm giving because mm-hmm. I was holding on to this stuff that was untouched, was just yeah. taking up room, was remnants of a past version of me that, like, mm-hmm. love her, but I'm not her anymore. Mm-hmm. And was just taking up so much space. Yeah. Uh, but it was really interesting. I, <laughs> I learned my own lesson that day. I was like, okay, so I guess, like, my sentimental items are makeup mm-hmm. and eyeshadow palettes and got rid of like 90% of the makeup because also it was just very old. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Like everyone has their items or things they hold on to for whatever. Everyone has their reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you really just need to look in the mirror and say like, mm-hmm. is this, is, do I really need this? Yeah. I think to the makeup, that's so funny too, because I'm sure the subconscious part of you that was holding on to it and keeping it was the part of you that still wanted that dream to come alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't have kept that makeup probably if it had just been makeup, but right. you bought it for the purpose of starting a YouTube channel yeah. for the purpose of, you know, growing an audience or whatever. And that was a dream that you had and, you know, a past version of yourself. So mm-hmm. your energetic subconscious was probably holding on to it as a way to try and still fulfill that dream. Yeah, and I think in a way, too, it was a way of me trying to stay close to, like, my inner child and the younger version of me. Um, because right now I'm going, I'm doing a lot of, like, story work therapy, and a lot of that is kind of, like, going back in time to years before you were 18. And so I think a part of, like, holding on to that makeup and those collections mm-hmm. was a way for me to feel closer to my inner child but mm-hmm. what I realized is it really doesn't matter what the item like if you have the items or not you can always get close to your inner child and these past versions of yourself and you don't need to hold on to this old stuff to show that you are like there for that inner child either. yeah I guess it was like I was trying to st- be there for the inner child but I really just that's all that work you can do on your own energetically yeah you don't need the physical item absolutely that's definitely what I talk about with EFT and the Mm -hmm. way that all of that works, you know, from past memories and core memories. But I think another point to the makeup, something that I'm thinking of, and I definitely noticed I did a couple of times yesterday when I was cleaning out stuff was, I think people also have a hard time throwing things away because they can't validate the money they spent on it. You know, so if you're throwing out a $90 foundation, you're probably sitting there like in agony, (laughs) just thinking, oh my God, and it's, you know, only half gone. Mm -hmm. So I think something that people definitely have an issue with is I can't throw this away because I spent X amount of dollars on it, despite the fact that I know I'm never going to use it again. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think, but that goes kind of hand in hand with like scarcity versus abundance mindset. Absolutely. And so if you're just holding on to something that's like, First of all, if I held on to all the $90 foundations that were in there, they were like 10 years old. <laughs> like, I'm not putting that on my face. Yeah, right. Um, and if you're holding on to these <laughs> these goods that you're never going to use, you're not leaving, you're not making room for other abundance to come into your mm-hmm. life in other ways. And so I think it, it, when you're kind of entering like the purge, the edit and getting rid of items, you do need to approach it from more of like an abundance focused mindset versus scarcity. Um, because if you're thinking of everything like, well, I spent... on that purse and like 
whether you donate it, sell it, or just get rid of it, like that item has served its purpose for you, mm-hmm. and to hold on to it is just holding you back, and that's yeah. like weighing you down energetically and preventing other forms of abundance from entering your life. Yeah, that's such a good point because I think that in this is something a concept that we've talked about over and over again that when you the kind of the affirmation of like the more I spend the more I receive Mm -hmm. I think the more you purge and I know everyone knows this I've been on this like kick of surge and purge and the more you purge the more you surge and you have to purge to surge like all of this stuff I think the more you get rid of despite how much money you've spent on Mm -hmm. it you know you're always kind of just translating that affirmation to this this concept or this work being that the more you're getting rid of, the more you're opening yourself up to. And then if you add in the affirmation of, you know, I spend X to receive it tenfold back, you know, the more you're purging, I think you're opening yourself up to receiving much better things that match you energetically and that serve you and your purpose better. Yeah. And honestly, that doesn't just apply. Like, obviously we're talking about it from an organization perspective, but that applies to people and relationships too. Mm -hmm. Like people have such a people, I don't want to generalize, but I think a lot of the times people will have a hard time getting rid of a person because mm-hmm. they, it's like, oh, I've invested time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, time is, like, money. It's energy. You've invested mm-hmm. all this energy in someone. But at the end of the day, if it's not serving you and you're just holding on to a connection that's forced or has kind of reached its conclusion, mm-hmm. you're preventing yourself from having the time and energy to meet other people or opening yourself to other relationships that are going to propel you forward rather than hold you back. Yeah, I completely agree because... You know, I think when you look at organizing your life Mm -hmm. physically from that standpoint, it can kind of snowball into this major organizational up-level effect, you know? So when I was thinking, I was honestly so excited to have you on the podcast because I wanted to get into this sort of conversation of, you know, if you feel scared to organize your relationships or organize Mm -hmm. your business or organize X start at the surface level I think you know you're giving yourself that space to organize more and you're getting comfortable with organizing and cleansing and purging so to reach the surge (laughs) so cringy exactly (laughs) but it's almost like in a way it might seem counterintuitive because you're you're working from the outside in but sometimes that's just the way it works Mm -hmm. like if you're struggling internally a really good way to just start the positive momentum is to work on your external environment Mm -hmm. and your space um and just create an, an environment where you can go in and heal and not be so worried about the chaos surrounding you. It's like you're kind of eliminating any distractions and excuse mm-hmm. from doing the inner work mm-hmm. by getting your space in order. So, again, it might seem counterintuitive, but it's almost like outside it, outside in healing, um, healing work. Yeah, and I've noticed another thing, too. Sometimes when I clean or organize or just, like, kind of, you know, cleanse up my space, whatever you want to call it, I've noticed a lot of the time it's also because either my mind isn't working fast enough or it's mm-hmm. complete overdrive moment, yep. you know, so I take cleaning, I put on music just as you've talked about, you know, and I give myself a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. And then as I think I get into this sort of second nature of cleaning, yeah. my mind kind of opens up to whatever situation is at hand for me to think about right. and kind of process through without sitting at my desk or sitting on my couch and just sitting there and thinking about it. You know, I think the act of cleaning or organizing and cleansing up a space gives you this sort of open kind of canvas Mm -hmm. to open your mind to think about the things that might be weighing heavy on you. Yeah, it can be meditative. Yeah, that's a great word for it. Yeah. 
Um, but it can be such a soothing, like, exact. I feel exactly how yeah. you feel about it um, as a way to kind of process, but keep your, like, I think a lot of times, and I don't know if this is true for you, but when I'm dealing with something, like, just sitting still, I don't feel like my body's releasing yeah. mm-hmm. all the pent-up energy. It feels more chaotic sometimes. And so to clean, or even, like, it doesn't have to be to organize, but just, like, go for a walk when you're going through mm-hmm. something. Just, like, movement creates this momentum where your body can kind of, like, process the emotions better mm-hmm. and work through them versus just sitting down and having basically a meltdown about mm-hmm. it. So cleaning or organizing, even if it's just one drawer, is a great way to, like, keep your body moving while you're kind of experiencing these more difficult emotions and so your body can like absorb I don't know the right word not like digest but you know the word yeah I think metabolizing and processing yeah um and cleaning it or organizing is a great a great way to do that Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day it's quite productive yes it is you're actually process your feelings but your your drawer looks great yeah I love thinking about it as a meditation especially I think that's a good way to put it for people kind of like Haley who Mm -hmm. don't have the bug like you and I for organizing and cleaning you know I think that if you're not someone who can get excited (laughs) we're such dorks get excited about cleaning or organizing I think a good way to look at it is a sort of meditation process where you either put on music or a good podcast, hint, hint, you know, <laughs> shout out to us. <laughs> and um, give yourself kind of this space, you know, put your phone on, do not disturb and allow this open mind. And I think looking at your space, again, kind of this canvas, mm-hmm. like artistic look right. and giving yourself the space to clean you know, you're energetically cleaning your space and you're energetically cleaning your mind. Mm -hmm. And again, we're going back, returning to this point of to allow new and receiving and welcoming new things in. Yeah. And I think it's always your mindset around it too. Like I love talking about it as a meditation, but I think so many people have this like built in resentment towards organization. Mm -hmm. And even mentioned this on the podcast where she's like, well, I think of it as like my parents are me Mm -hmm. to clean my room. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like especially us now, we're adults, we live in our own space, like organizing and cleaning your space, you're not doing it for anyone else, you're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you need to have that mindset going into it. Like, no one's telling me to do this, I choose to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful to get to do this and yeah. get to enter my space and make it in a organize it in a way that's only going to benefit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think something else that I, I listened to Haley's podcast right as I was walking to Jess's so I could get an idea of what they talked about. Um, but I think another thing I know she mentioned was, you know, she has such a resistance to cleaning the kitchen after like cooking, but it Mm -hmm. only takes eight minutes. Well, I argue myself like on the moments I don't feel like cleaning, you know, I argue, okay, it takes X amount of time for me to do this. However long that is for Mm -hmm. me to feel so much better going to bed or knowing that I'll wake up in the morning to a clean, you know, Mm -hmm. immaculate space for me is really important. Cause like you said, that gives me the opportunity to show up better for my business and my clients because I'm not waking up stressing about things I need to do or stressed about the chaos in my space, you know, and I am very much a person that energetically matches a space around them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think that's very kind of natural. If you're going to walk into like a gross, dingy, chaotic looking space, you're going to kind of feel, you know, turn inwards. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're walking into an energetically clean and tidy Mm -hmm. and welcoming space again you're going to match that energy with your own so if you have resistance to cleaning i (laughs) think i'm totally like taking over no i love (laughs) i just love it because we match so much on this on this um lifestyle yeah Yeah. 
But I think that if you have resistance to cleaning, kind of showing up for yourself like that way, just like you said, knowing that it's for you and that tomorrow or even an hour later, you know, your energy yep. is going to match that space it's and it's an going to feel good. Yep. It is. Investment to the future you. Yeah. And every, I think everyone listening to this podcast is in, interested in personal development in being their highest self. And yeah. a huge part of that is like making sure your space is catered to, to that higher, highest version of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's so important. And I think a lot of times people don't realize how much your external environment impacts you in your day to day. But until your external environment um, is kind of organized in a way that benefits you, you're never going to enter the other obligations and responsibilities mm-hmm. you have in your life from that highest place. Mm-hmm. When people lack the desire to clean, um, and we've all you know been there, I think it's also a way for us to like excuse ways we're actually feeling, you know what I mean? So it's an avoidance tactic. It is. So if you come home, if you, if you don't work from home and you come home and you know, the space isn't clean, that add, that could add to whatever, you know, lack mentality or feeling you're Mm -hmm. having in the moment. So if you come home and you're already anxious and then you arrive to a space that isn't clean or, you know, isn't calming right. or comforting, you're not going to want to clean. Right. Like, there's no way you're going to tell yourself, okay, well, I have to clean now even though I feel like shit. Yeah. So having that kind of... Like positive momentum. Yeah, absolutely. To get that done so if you do have a bad day or you your energy is lacking, you know, right. the space around you still feels comforting and calming and, you know, feels, again, like this this home for you right and I think a lot of times with any sort of like positive habit that you're learning you're trying to learn to incorporate um everyone's thinking of it like oh I need to organize my entire apartment or Mm -hmm. my entire house like Mm -hmm. chop it up into tinier Mm -hmm. like like tiny tasks right like instead of thinking I need to organize my entire kitchen start with like a drawer Mm -hmm. start with a cabinet Mm-hmm. Um, I think with any sort of, like, like I said, any habit, I think everyone thinks of it as like these huge behemoth tasks that they need to accomplish that are going to take all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but start small and then you'll build from there. And again, that's creating positive momentum. And soon enough, that habit becomes second nature to you and doesn't feel as daunting. Mm-hmm. But it's when you're thinking of like everything on such a large scale that it's intimidating. And then you just, you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And that's why people keep pushing it off. Yep. Absolutely. So unless you have me with you, you're not going to do your entire <laughs> Yes, space. a good solid plug for Jess <laughs> if you need help. I think, again, you know, I think the power of your work too is that, and I, I like to think that this is definitely the power of my work as well, mm-hmm. is that we're working so you don't have to come back to us. Like we right. want to give you the tools exactly. and momentum to do this for the rest of your life on your own. You know, for us, this is an investment that you make so that we can provide you with, again, this critical foundation Mm -hmm. for you to understand how to do this on your own and walk away stepping into the next chapter of your life saying, okay, I've got this. And if I don't have this, I know how to handle it. You know what I mean? Or like, there's always like maintenance. Like we can come in and help you tweak. Mm Because like sometimes what we incorporate, like whether it's you with your intentional living, me with my organization, like, you're up leveling and changing maybe the steps and routines we incorporated a couple months back no longer resonate and that's Mm -hmm. when we have a check-in but that's again it goes back to the point I made earlier which is like you need to constantly be checking in with yourself and saying like does this resonate with me is this an energetic match and then when it no longer works for you we're here to help you tweak it yeah make it fit the new version of you that you are 
Absolutely. It's not that you always need us. It's mm-hmm. more so that you need us once. And then when you need a helping hand mm-hmm. or someone to guide you or you're, you, you know, for me, it'd probably be like you've gone through a major shift in your yeah. life or someone for you would be that maybe the chaos around them has just gotten too much again and they just mm-hmm. need a little bit of a helping hand rather than investing like this entire amount of time or this you're not reinvesting in a foundation work you're reinvesting in like you said the maintenance and this this kind of i need again this accountability factor someone to just again i keep saying again (laughs) someone to just check in with you or you know be the second eyes or second opinion or voice of reason i think is really really critical in this work because we're always going into this hoping that you don't need us again you know that that's that's the point of this work is that we're giving you the tools the tools you need and then to always be a support system and in Mm -hmm. case you need just again like lauren said an accountability partner um and what i'll say here is i think i think every life coach i know has their own life coach yes or coach of some sort (laughs) yes i always say that yes and so it's less about like like lauren's point like we, we can help you build that foundation then going forward it's like we're going to keep helping you along that journey mm-hmm. to up-leveling. And whether that means the check-ins go from weekly to monthly to quarterly to yearly. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's just having that support system. And I think that's a huge part of personal development work. It's yep. not all about you. Of course it is, but it's about the support system. That and you build you out build for it. Yep. You, Absolutely. And that's going to help you get to the next, your next level. Like mm-hmm. you can't do it all by yourself. And that's the, that's just the fact of the matter. We're not. Yeah superheroes we need we need people and that's something i've learned too in in my journey towards personal development and even just building a business like it's okay to rely on other people it's not even just okay i think you should like i think something i've learned in the last two years of building this business year and a half is that you should never invest with a coach if they don't have a coach on their own like because we're if, if we're people constantly preaching about up leveling and reaching new heights of your life mm-hmm. and you know becoming your high the highest version of yourself you can't do that on your own like you need someone to call you out on your bullshit and you know be that kind of second pair of eyes that sees things much more objectively than you and yeah. i think having someone to show up for you that way and again like you said once we build that foundation having that however often check in you need yeah. you know we already know so much about you and we already know and have helped you build that foundation that those check-ins are so critical to know okay this is exactly what my issue is right now let's identify this Mm -hmm. so i can you know up level again exactly and that's kind of goes hand in hand with like what my offerings are which is like i do offer organizational like almost like an overhaul where i come in and help you like build that foundation yeah we go through all your items we purge what we need to I organize and create systems that you can then use over and over so that going forward, I don't need to come over every weekend and organize your closet. It's you now know based on the system we created in lockstep together, Mm -hmm. how to keep your space organized. And then you can call me when you're feeling like, okay, this system we put in place no longer resonates. Like what can we do next? Or like I'm struggling with this. And so it's, I'm not, I'm not, uh, my business, the purpose of my business is not to just, be coming over every weekend and organizing your yeah. closet. Like, that's not sustainable for either of us. No. Um, it's more about creating the foundation and together working with you. And this is what I love, too. Like, every person, and it's kind of like a puzzle. Like, everyone's set of needs, organizational needs are unique. And so I take what I know about my client and then the space they have and create some sort of system that I think makes the most sense for them and that they can maintain the easiest. Yeah. And I think that also going into this work, you know, 
investing in coaches or investing in people, I think you you also understand that they're not going to be there for you forever and always. Mm-hmm. So doing this work, you have to want to maintain it on your mm-hmm. own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, like you're going to, you are going to constantly need that person in your life. So mm-hmm. I think being able to hold it on your own after for as long as you can and then having that person to call on and say, hey, let's check in for a bit, I think is really awesome right. as well. And I mean, another point too is just like, with me doing an organizational project or with you with coaching, like that's an investment and you need to be a hundred percent serious yes. about the work and be willing to put in the work or else you're just wasting both of our time. And yeah, absolutely. So, and that's something like I have a disclaimer with my clients. I'm like, okay, be prepared to purge like 50% of your mm-hmm. items. And if you're not prepared to purge, like I, respectfully, I don't think it makes sense for us to work together. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here to, to help you up level and you need to be a hundred percent committed to the process. Yeah or else it doesn't make sense. And there have been people that I've met with, we talked and I explained what I do and my process in particular mm-hmm. and based on their needs, it like wasn't a match and that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Um, but again, this this work is, it's difficult. You're moving a lot of energy. It can be heavy, it can be mm-hmm. daunting and very time consuming. Yeah. So if you're not prepared to do that, to roll up your sleeves and really like get in there and do some energetic purging and clearing and all that good stuff, then um, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to make that investment right now, but who's to say in a couple months you, you won't feel yeah. differently, but it, it really is like, what are you prepared to do? And are you prepared to do the hard things? Yeah. I've had a very similar experience where I just, you know, I, when I do my discovery calls, I let people know, like, if you really want to invest in this, this, this time you're investing your money and your time. Yeah. But it's, you're investing your mindset in me and like, yeah. you're trusting me wholly to help you and you have to be prepared to visit the depths of like whatever trauma exists yeah. in your life mm-hmm. so i think that very similarly very similarly for you you know we give so much importance to physical objects because of the way they played a role in our lives whether it be clothes or you know sentimentality things or whatever and then you know having someone come in and hold you accountable to this aspect of literally the question of do yeah. you need this or do you not And again, you've said so many times, we don't need the objects to keep memories. Mm -hmm. You know, they help and they provide us that like visual guidance of a memory, but that'll always be with you, whether it's a happy memory or a traumatic memory. So I think having someone come in and hold that space for you. And again, always, I think the most important thing you do is the accountability aspect, Mm -hmm. I think is where people can like realize, okay, maybe it is time for me to do some purging. Yeah. And, and honestly, another part of it too is is you may be going through physical items, but at the end of the day, you're moving a lot of non-physical energy absolutely and trauma. Yeah. And so part of, and this is why I think I haven't seen this done before, but what I think is unique about my business and where I come from, from an organizational perspective is I'm really thinking about like the healing and energy work yeah. behind what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like, obviously I really enjoy organization and making spaces look nice and creating systems but the reason I'm interested in this work is because I'm passionate about helping people get to like the next level and a huge part of that the way you can do that is through your space and moving this energy that's holding you back so like I take it really seriously because I know going into it it's not only daunting but while we're kind of in the mess of it it feels really scary Mm -hmm. but um vouching for myself I think I have a, a good healing presence mm-hmm, absolutely. and I'm there to help you through it. I just told you, you earlier, you're such a grounding oh, presence. You. Yes. 
Well, this has been just, oh, magnifique. Just kiss. Just kiss. <laughs> just, it has been so lovely having you on the podcast. Can you please tell the listeners where to find you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having yes. me. I loved it. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Jessica Emily Gallo, as Lauren said in the beginning of the episode. This is Jessica Emily Gallo. Jessica Emily Gallo. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, I also have a podcast called The Universe Is Your Sugar Daddy. Yeah, yeah. We're on a brief hiatus, but I'm coming out with new episodes shortly, so stay tuned. Yes, and I will include all of Jess's information in the show notes, her website, her Insta, and other handles as well. Please go visit her, and if you are sitting here nodding, thinking, damn, I need this, you know where to invest your money, honey. You know where to find me. <laughs> all right, thank you guys, as always, for listening. You know the spiel. I will see all of you beautiful souls next week. Bye, guys.